In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today the church celebrates the one of the major feasts of the Lord, the day. This is the feast of the Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. This is the birth date of the church. And in this day also our relationship with God is moving into another phase. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel knew God as God is for us. They go to war on this hope that God is for them. He will be supporting them in their battles. After the birth of the Lord Christ, then we moved into another phase with Emmanuel is God with us. And in this day, the day of the Pentecost, we moved into the third phase where God is dwelling within us. This is definitely uh, a great blessing for all of us who believe in the work of God and his salvation. So one of the titles of the Holy Spirit, we know him as the Comforter. So how he comforts us, in which way? This is something we all seek and we are after, especially in days of trouble around us from outside and from within. We definitely seek the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In which way? Let us go and review the scripture and see how the Spirit of God comforts us and what are the conditions that are needed in order for us to receive this kind of comfort. First of all, we know that he intercedes on our behalf. And when does this happen? He intercedes while we are praying. St. Paul says something very comforting actually to know that when we pray, really we do not know what we are praying for. And this is one of the things that is troubling to us. Whenever we pray that our minds go everywhere and wander here and there, and we feel like our prayers has no value, have no value whatsoever. And this is very troubling again. If, why should I pray if I do not feel the prayer, if I don't think that my prayer is going anywhere? It is comforting to know that the Spirit within me intercedes on my behalf before God the Bantukratur, with groaning with words that cannot be uttered. It is very, it very like, how do you say it, cons consoling to our souls, knowing that when I stand, I pray, I'm not praying alone. The Spirit of God within me prays also on my behalf, asking God the Father to bless me because I am standing and I am trying. So here I'm not relying on my own power, on my own ability to formulate some kind of meaningful words that might be appealing to God. Whatever we try to say, nothing will be enough, nothing will be good, and the Spirit will do the work for us. Also, He comforts us through guiding and reminding us with God's words. This is what the Lord said, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. In many, many occasions, while we are about to make an action, we have maybe different kind of thoughts. We have inclination to do whatever is according to the human nature. I want just to do it as I wish. But we hear something in us, something in our ears telling us, no, this is not the way, something better needs to be done. This is not God's will for you as a believer. Even in the Old Testament, we hear this promise, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So he guides us. But the problem here is not him guiding. He is willing and he is trying and he is going to speak to us in many, many ways. The problem here is that am I willing to yield, to listen? Usually we say that I do not hear God's voice. But actually, in reality, my brethren, this is not the case. We hear him and we know what is right. 
but many times we are forced by our own desires to do something else. When we keep on pressing this way, I hear something and I do something else, I hear something and I do something else, then when the, this kind of voice will fade away, I have no one to blame except myself. He is trying, he is guiding, but again the condition here for him to keep talking, to keep reminding me is that I will yield, I will listen, I will do whatever he says, not whatever I think is right. Unfortunately, we have the ability to justify our own decisions and say, oh, this is what I think God is saying to me. While in reality, I know very well it is me. The clarity of the voice will be always determined by how I respond to the instructions and teachings. The third way how the Spirit comforts us is in our afflictions. And this is something that's amazing, actually, because he comforts us in many ways while we are going through tribulations. First of all, he comforts us by letting us know that whatever we are going through is still within our ability, within our ability to handle. Oregon says something that's very profound. He says, the world is as strong as Christ allows it to be. This is, again, something that we know it. And the Spirit of God remind us that you are not going to be tempted beyond your measure. This is number one. Secondly is, whatever you are going through, this will be something that is going to be used in order for, us, uh, for, for God to bring salvation to you. That's why the psalmist prays, he say, your rod and your staff will comfort me, shall comfort me. The rod and the staff are both used by the shepherd. One of them is to gather the sheep. In a, in, a, in a gentle way. Another one is to maybe push them a bit uh, harder. But both of them will bring comfort. Bring comfort to whom? Comfort to the sheep. Comfort to those who believe that if I entrust myself in God's hands, he will do whatever it takes in order for me to be saved. In our afflictions also, he will try to help us. So whatever we are going through, we offer it on the altar of obedience to God. In many occasions, we can get out from trouble by doing something that's according to the world's wisdom. This person said something and, okay, I have two ways to handle it. I can act as a believer and I can act by my own nature and I do likewise. Whenever we choose to do as God tells us to do, we are comforted by the Spirit in us. In our suffering, He will comfort us by making us or to believe that we are here going through a fellowship with Christ. And if we are to be tried, if we are to suffer with him, then we will be glorified with him. Look here at the disciples when they were uh, uh, tried before the Sanhedrin and they were sentenced to be scourged. They departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the shame for his name. In their affliction, their suffering, this they thought not only of themselves and the pain they are going through, but of him and whatever they were doing, it is done in order to offer themselves as a sacrifice. And this brought great comfort to them. The fourth way he comforts us is through others. People around us should be, or this is God's plan, many, many of them at least should be source of comfort. For example, the diversity of the gifts, as we heard today in the Pauline epistles. When I look around me and I see people who are talented in many ways, yes, I don't have all of these. None, none of us actually ha has all of the talents. This should bring comfort. 
I know that my need will be satisfied through my brother or my sister. That's why we are members in one body, the body of Christ. So this should bring to us this kind of comfort. I know that, okay, I am in a community, I am in a, in a body that is going to serve and look after one another. Even the mere presence of certain people will bring comfort to us. St. Paul said this to the Corinthians. He was going through hard time with them. And he said, nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Just the presence of his disciple brought comfort to him. Sometimes we do not pay attention to this. But many people, just their mere presence, if I see them, I will be comforted. Unfortunately, we stay too long before we let them know that you are a source of comfort in my life. And then after they depart, we start saying, oh, this person was really somebody that I valued his presence and he was a source of comfort to me. It is again God who works through others who bring this comfort to us. Not only the presence of people or their talents, but also their faith and endurance. I can speak for myself when it comes to this. Many, many people among the church members, those people whom I see every day, they are great source of comfort to me. I see their faith and their endurance and I learn from them. I say to myself, I cannot even maybe think of myself living an hour of the life of this person who is struggling, still holding on his faith and doing what needs to be done. This is an amazing thing that we learn from those people who are for us examples of faith and endurance. All of these reasons should bring kind of comfort to us through others. This kind of comfort will depend on one condition, how I perceive other people. If I perceive other people as potential threats, they are troubles, or I wish that I could at church where I don't see anybody, I will never be able to receive comfort through others. So it will depend on how I think and how I, perce how I perceive those people who live with me in the church or at home or in the community, wherever we go. Another way the Spirit of God comforts us is by the peace that He grants to us when we mourn and mourning here is not just being sorrowful it's mourning because i know that i am a sinner we have a big burden that we all carry on our shoulders it's the burden of the ego that make us all the time all the time try to secure this kind of image it is very troubling by the way when we go in life all the time trying to remind ourselves which mask i'm going to wear today in order for me to look appealing to other people Yes, we are human beings. We want to be perceived as good and people would like us. But we can do this with other people and we pretend. We all do this, including my, uh, my own weakness. But at the end of the day, when I go back home, I should put off these masks. I should, when I stand and pray, I know very well that I am a sinner. I'm not saying this because I need to say this. Because in reality, I know my motives. I watch my thoughts. And I know that most of them are, are, are wrecked, if I can use this kind of term. But this should bring comfort. In which way? This will make me to mourn for the status that I'm in. At that time, I can surrender in God's hand. And at that time, the beatitude that he said will apply on me. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. At that time only, the Spirit of God will comfort me. Yes, I know this about you as you know it about yourself, but be of good cheer. Christ came in order to repair and to forgive. 
You don't have to be somebody else. It is whom you are. It is enough that you go and acknowledge this kind of status before God. It's a him, the spirit, who rebuke us and make us to focus more on yourself. We have this tendency as human beings to focus on others. We see other people's mistakes very clearly and we can judge them. It is so easy for any one of us to see other people, what they are doing. But this will never bring comfort to us. This will never ease our struggle. If I think that other people are the reason behind my suffering, I am just misleading myself. When I mourn for my own mistakes and I think oh, this is the issue, this is the true issue that I have. Other people can show me my weakness, but they do not create them. They are just pushing my buttons in order for to tell me that I have a button. This is, this is what people do. It is me, not them. At that time we mourn and at that time we be comforted. The last thing by which the, the, the Spirit of God will comfort us is through the Word of God. We read the scripture. Sometimes we read it casually and sometimes we read it with some kind of intention. I want to understand and, and be in touch with God. But when we pray, when we read the, the gospel with the aim of I want to see Christ today and I want to hear from him, he will give you a message. I will tell you a story quickly about a young man who, who used to pray and read his gospel every day. He was struggling with the temptation of sexual immorality. And in many occasions, he was like debating with himself, should I pray today? Should I read my Bible? And in one night, he felt it is too much for me. I feel in sin today. I cannot read the Bible. I cannot stand in the presence of God. I feel so much ashamed. He kept on debating and then at the end, he yielded to the like uh, voice inside his heart, go and read your Bible. He, in his, in his like testimony, he said, I used to read regularly, very regularly. I read every day one chapter. He said, I, on that day, I was reading in the book of Job. Most of the book, I didn't understand anything from it, except maybe the first two or three uh, chapters. So even in my mind saying, I'm going to read something I do not understand. And I put myself in this kind of awkward situation, sitting with God that I already did something before his eyes that's so shameful. And then he says, this day was, I opened, it was chapter 36 from the book of Job. While reading, his eyes fall on verses, I think, three or four. What does it say? God is mighty and he despises nobody. He said, I stopped at this verse as if I read it for the first time. I couldn't move and I kept on crying because I felt like this is not something that was written uh, to Job. This was written to me and it was written for me today. And this is the assurance that God is saying to me, don't doubt yourself. No matter what happened, yes, I am mighty, I am holy, but I despise nobody. So this is again, this is the spirit of God. When we approach God with hope, when we approach him trusting that he will pity us, he will not look to us as, as a judge who is going to be uh, angry and wrathful. When we read the scripture with this intention, with this heart, he will definitely bring comfort to us. My prayers today and for, for all of you, my brother and myself, is to receive the spirit and to allow him to comfort us. As you can see, he can do a lot. And all of these reasons or ways by which he can comfort us depend on something that we do. To comfort through the scripture, I have to read the scripture. 
to comfort me through the afflictions and tribulations, I have to accept God's will. To comfort me through others, I have to love people around me. May the Lord grant us all to receive the Spirit, the Comforter, allow Him to work in us mightily. To Him is the glory forever and ever. Amen.